Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah, love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh? Because I'm unconditionally loved by God and that harvest, I come to God as I am. But through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Encourage somebody on your left and right and say, this is my banner year. Say, I've taken some beatings and even some bruises, but it's still a banner year. Say, it's still my best. Say, out of my mess, a message is coming. Out of my issues, the impossible is being birthed. In Jesus' name. Father, customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we move in it tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen, Halloween's not until next week, and Halloween is not a holiday, so we don't celebrate it. Uh, but, but I want to talk to you tonight from this thought, a very scary chapter of the Bible. Look at somebody next to you. Say, a very scary chapter of the Bible. You can be seated. Uh, we're in week four of our series called This Is My Story. We've been learning life-giving lessons from the stories of others. And for the last few messages, we learned a life-giving lesson from the children of Israel. What's their name? Children of Israel. What's their name? And Israel is really a man named 
Jacob. Now, we saw this, that they had a lot of unnecessary drama, a lot of unnecessary loss in their lives, and it was chronicled in Psalm 78 and 8. We've looked at it for the last few messages. I want to go there one more time. Repetition is the teacher's best friend. In fact, you don't really get it until you're tired of hearing it, and then that's when you actually get it. In Psalm 78 and 8, it says, and they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. Stubborn means that it takes them too long to change. Slap your neighbor, high five, say, you take too long to change. A lot of what you've been praying for would have already happened had you already bust a move, had you already made a move. You are sitting back in the paralysis of analysis trying to analyze whether or not you're going to do what you were instructed and told to do. And that is the reason why you have not experienced breakthrough. But I came tonight to set somebody free. I came tonight to get somebody off a hold. I came tonight to get somebody off a stuck. I was traveling yesterday. I had the privilege yesterday of taping a broadcast for the TBN Trinity Broadcasting Network, the largest Christian network in the entire world. And as we were getting ready to land, as we were getting ready to land, the it was the roughest flight ever. I just I was praying. I forgave everybody that I needed to forgive, and oh, I really did. No, because I don't play with stuff like that. I, if I'm going out, I'm not. I, <laughs> I ain't been through all the hell I've been through to miss it. And so I did all that. And so it was a storm. Somebody say a storm. In fact, it was so storming in Atlanta, they shut the whole airport down. And so we kept circling, kept circling. So the pilot came on and said, in case you're wondering if we're going in circles, he said, uh, it, uh, we are. He said, uh, we're going in circles because there is a storm down there and they've closed the whole airport. He said, now we might have to divert and go to Birmingham, which is about 35 minutes away. He said, because we're getting too low on fuel. He said, so if we don't go refuel, we keep circling. We may not have enough fuel to land when the airport opens. Check it out. Many of you have been going in circles in life and you're running out of fuel because you won't deal with the storm. Okay, you're not... You're not hearing what I'm saying. You're avoiding your valleys. You're avoiding your issues. You're avoiding the word. You're avoiding church. You're avoiding giving. You're avoiding God. You're avoiding prayer. You're avoiding worship. But tonight, I came to get you off of your circle pattern. I came tonight to get you off of your re uh, destructive cycle. Somebody shout, it ends tonight. No, I just need some real faith to rise up in the room. I need some real faith to rise up on the six digital campuses. Somebody declare that over your own life. Say, it ends tonight. They were stubborn and they were rebellious, now, which means that they did not follow instructions. And that is the culture we have in America. Nobody wants anybody to tell them anything. And it's most often the people with the least that won't listen the most. It says they were a generation that did not set their heart. Heart means mind the right way. And they were not faithful to God, which means they started well, but they didn't end well. You are not judged for how you start. You are judged for how you finish. Nobody cares about the projects you've started. People only care about the projects you finish. Nobody cares about what you talked about doing. People only care about what you finish. Verse 33, therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear. We've talked about futility. What is that? It's like a treadmill. You are busy and you are working hard, but you're going nowhere. And the thing about it is you'll trick yourself into thinking you're making progress because you're exerting energy. But the exertion of energy does not mean that you are evolving. He says, therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear, which means they were always fearful. They were always scared. And the reason they were scared is because the truth be told, they knew that they were not faithful. See, when you're faithful, you don't walk in fear because, you know, I don't care what comes my way. My God has me covered. Uh, 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 let them rise up. Let them say what they got to do. Let Judas's come. Let betrayal come. Let issues come. But because I'm faithful, I ain't perfect, but I am faithful. I have an expectation that all things are working together for my good. 
But watch, he says, he says, verse 34, when he slew them, then they sought him. They only sought him when he slew them. They only heard him when they hurt. They only paid attention when they were in pain, which explains some of what you're dealing with. It's designed to make you open your eyes, open your ears, and listen. Verse 36, nevertheless, nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth. And they lied to him with their tongue. Well, look at me. They played the church game. You know a church game, Lord, I forgive, please forgive me. Ooh, child, man, you act good for half a day. You act right for half a day. Y'all not saying nothing. You act right for half a day, and then all of a sudden you write back off in the same stuff and the same thinking and the same relationships and the same drama. But tonight, I just think somebody says enough is enough. I'm not dealing with that junk. I'm not dealing with that drama no more. It says they flattered him with their mouth and they lied to him with their tongue. They played the game. So they made great confessions, but they were not resolute. They said all of these great things, but they didn't really mean it. They said a lot, but they didn't back up what they said. There will come a day where everything you say, you're going to have to back up. All the stuff you say you're faithful to, you're going to have to back it up. All the stuff you say you're loyal to, you're going to have to back it up. All the stuff you say, watch this, you've gotten over, you're going to have to back it up. All the people you say you've forgiven, you're going to have to back it up. That's why you run into people you ain't seen for a long time in the mall and on the street. You know why? God says, I want to see if you've really forgiven like you said you did. I want to see if you really let that thing go like you said you did. You're going to have to back up your talk with some walk. Verse 41, yes, again and again, they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Here is the whole point. The children of Israel had a lot of unnecessary drama. They had a lot of unnecessary issues. And we discovered that the real problem was what? Do you remember? They never really loved God. What did they love? What he did for them. They just liked him a lot. And their story converges or comes together with ours because Acts 738 says the children of Israel were the church in the wilderness. So when we read them, who are we really reading? Ourselves. So when we see that the Holy One of Israel was limited, what are we really saying? We limit him. When we see that uh, uh, their years were consumed in futilities and uh, their years, uh, days in futility and their years in fear, who are we really looking at? Ourselves. So when we see the Israelites, we're really looking at a mirror to see ourselves. And sometimes seeing yourself in the mirror can be a very painful experience because you've created an image of yourself that's very different than the reality of yourself. I wish y'all would say something right there. You've created this image of yourself that is one thing, but in reality, sometimes it's another thing. And it can be very difficult to have to confront the man or the woman in the mirror. And that's the children of Israel. They never did it because had they did it, some of them would have said, evidently, our mouth says we love them, but our actions do not. Watch this, watch this. And we learned that it was difficult for them. It was difficult for them to really love God. Uh, not only did they not pay attention to it, but it was difficult because of, their, of three reasons. What, what were those three reasons? Do you remember? Uh, you're flipping through your notes. Okay, all right. Num number one, number one, God says, I want to interact with my people as I'm their father, they're my children. Which means, watch this, in our culture, that's a very different imagery than how we deal with fathers. Why? Because in most culture, uh, for uh, modern culture, as we deal with fathers transactionally, not relationally. And so what happens is, is God says, I'm going to personify or make myself in the image of a father when over 70% of Americans have no concept of what that is. Because 70% of American homes, according to a variety of statistics, are fatherless, which means now God says, I'm going to be something you've never seen. So you have to interact with me in a way you've never seen. You have to uh, interact with me in a way you've never seen modeled in a proper way. Uh, for example, most people, when you get corrected, you take it as rejection, so you run. 
not understanding scripture says that a father that loves his children, he corrects them, which means the absence of correction is the presence of hatred. Are you still here? So, so when we're used to being transactional, not relational with fathers, what happens is, is then God, it's the same way. So when I watch this, you've heard people say this, God, uh, man, I'm going to church because I need, I need God as if you didn't need him all the time. But I need to go have a transaction with them to go get some child support because I need to eat this weekend. Y'all not saying nothing. So it becomes transactional instead of relational. So when I need him, I run to him. But when I think I'm good, I don't need him. In fact, I'm not trying to hear what he's saying. I'm not trying to see what he wrote. I'm not trying to be about his life. I'm trying to be about my life. And I think there's some people at Wednesday Night Live that say, I've graduated from that type of transactional interaction with God. I don't just need him on Sundays. I don't just need him on Wednesdays. Baby, I need him every day. I need him every, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every day, every hour, every minute. Would you slap your neighbor? How five say, I need him every day, all day. Yeah, I don't know how, you know what? You know what I really don't understand? I don't understand atheists and agnostics because I don't know how they make it through this life without being able to lean on Jesus. The old church used to say, we come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. I think there's some witnesses in here that the only reason you made it this far is because you learned how to lean on him. Would you just... I learned how to lean on them. When I come lean on others, I learned how to lean on them. When I come lean on myself, I learned how to lean on him. So I told you to honor him in all ways, all days. That would remove this transactional nature we have with God. God, I prayed I need something from you. I, I, I didn't pray because I love you. I pray because I want something. And nobody likes conversations like that. Do you like conversations like that? Somebody call you. You already know. Matter of fact, how many people, you got folk right now that when they call you, you already know the nature of the call. Nature of the call is they must need something. In fact, you'll see it ring and look at it. And they want something. If you act that way, why do you give that to God? Second thing I said that it was hard especially in today's culture, and it was true for the children of Israel because when we read them, we're reading ourselves. The second reason was because the scripture says in Isaiah that he says they remove their heart far from the Lord. So when you move your heart from him, no wonder why it's difficult to hear him or listen to him. Heart in scripture means your what? Mind. Old Testament, it's the word leb, L-E-B, which means mind. New Testament, it's the word cardia, which means mind. So I told you the way to counteract that was to move your heart near him in every movement. Now, I need you to get this. He said, listen, we've heard this. I know, but you ain't got it. I, I know you ain't got it. I, I know. I saw Sunday. I know you ain't got it. When your heart is with someone or something, your priority is to please them. When it's not, your priority is to please whoever your heart is with. So based on who you aim to please, where's your heart? Not where you say it is. Who, who, who are you aiming to please? For many of you, you're spiritual, but your neighbor, their heart is to please somebody that's not even alive anymore. Okay? You're very spiritual, but your neighbor, their heart is to please somebody that walked out on them 10 years ago. And the only reason they're striving to succeed today isn't because they're trying to please God. It's because they're really trying to throw a shot at somebody else that walked out on them. Now, your priority is to please. Watch this. Uh, in romantic relationships, when you find out what someone wants, you just find out what they want, you give it to them. You don't sit there and say, I know you don't like chocolate, but here's chocolate. 
You wouldn't even think to do that. So why in the world do we do that with God? And then we use excuses. Well, the Lord, I can come as I am. True, we all can. But at some point, you need to evolve from what you were. And watch this. And, and here's the beauty of it. I may not be where I want to be. But I can track I've been making. Pro- where, where are my progress trackers in here? I, I, I ain't know where I have not arrived. I have not gotten to my destination. Uh, but baby, one thing I can say, I've been making progress. Because had this same thing happened to me last year, you might have got cut. Where are the real folk at? Have this same situation you're dealing with now happened to you last year. You may have lost your natural mind, but you've been evolving. You've been changing. So, so, so we move our heart near him in every movement. And our repeated movements are our practice. Say practice. Christianity only seems hard. I said this to you on Sunday. If you're practicing I-anity, not Christianity. See, Christ, like Christ. Christos, like Christ. Yeshua, Moshiach, like Jesus, the Messiah. Which means I'm trying to be like him. I'm, I'm not trying to be like me and make him take me and not me try to be like he. You got that? You, you met these social media prophets? You know, they know two Bible verses, don't go to church, ain't submitted to no man of God, don't go to nobody's past on it, but they posting all this stuff trying to, and you just need to do this, and then they putting all kind of stuff that ain't in the Bible. Tell me, if God, if, 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 the, if a door shuts, the Lord will open the window. That ain't scripture. No, maybe the door shut because you wasn't uh, bold enough to walk through it. Ain't no promise to get no windows if you miss your door. But I think I'm prophesying to somebody tonight, I ain't missing my door this time. I missed it last year. I missed it year before that. Matter of fact, uh, I may have made a whole bunch of mistakes, but I bet you I ain't going to miss my door this time. Because it may not be no window. So, so, so what happens is most people are practicing their own pagan religion. Where it's just they got their own ideology about God. And then they said, this is just what I believe about God. That's like saying, this is what I believe about Tesla. Okay, but you didn't make it. This is what I believe about Mitsubishi. This is what I believe about Subaru. This is what I believe about Honda, Wanda, whatever. Okay, well, you didn't make it. So your beliefs are inconsequential to facts. Does that make sense? Okay, okay, okay. Now, this is important. This is important because, because I said the second thing to do, to, to the reason it was difficult for them to love him, the reason it was difficult for them to react, relate to him as father because their heart was far from him. The third thing I said it was difficult is because they didn't do what he what? Said. And I gave you this principle, let the messages direct your movements. Say, let the messages direct my movements. Okay, when you come to church, you're not listening just to be encouraged and inspired. You're listening to receive direction for movement. Does this make sense? This is why I've spent so much time uh, over the last couple of weeks in this particular, we're shifting and going somewhere fresh on Sunday in this series that you cannot miss. Say, I cannot miss it. But I needed to spend some time here because it became very apparent to me. I said, many people are praying for a day that's not happening because they don't actually love the Lord. That's why it says, all things work together for the good of them that love him. So ain't nothing working for you unless you love him. So you've been saying, Romans 8, 28, all things are working together. and ain't nothing working. You know why it ain't working? Because he said, you don't love me. And you don't get to love me the way you want to love me. You get to love me the way I tell you to love me. So you need to learn how to love you. So I need the man of God to teach you how to love me so that so stuff can start working together for you. To those who what? Love him. Not like him a lot. 
not go get child support on the weekends. Yeah, 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 yeah. Preach, Bishop. So if I want things to work together, I have to love him. See, I, I, see, see so, so, so now this explains why some people bounce back and some people bounce out. Because it reveals that they didn't actually love him. But you. Okay. Thank you for the four people that are the yous. That was a good place to say it. He's talking to me right now. Listen, I may not have loved him. I may have just liked him a lot. But after these last few messages, baby, I've decided to love him. Somebody holler, I love him. So John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I say do. Now, we must devote ourselves to practicing what he loves. When he says keep, that word keep means in perpetuity. It means make it your practice. Say a practice. So here's what happens. You hear a message. You, do, you, you, know, you start implementing it for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, and then you stop. Because you didn't continue to practice it, you now don't see any performance. You started, then you stopped. Okay? It's like going to the gym. You went to the gym. Oh, oh man, I'm really into it. Oh, fitness. Ah, oh, gym. Love gym. Fitness. And you went out and you spent $400 on gym clothes and specialized water bottles and protein powder. You don't even need no protein. That ain't even, you ain't even supposed to be trying to do that right now. And you've done all that. And then you oh, gym. Oh, gym. Ah, oh, gym. Oh, I'm going to work out. And, you know, you go in and you'll intentionally wear your workout stuff to church. But I just got from the gym. Yeah, I just got from the gym. You'll wear your workout. Yeah, I'm not saying nothing. You'll wear your workout stuff to work. Oh, hell, morning, everybody. Oh, let me get my coffee. I got, just got in from the gym. All right, and you'll do it for three weeks. And you'll do it for three weeks. You know, you'll walk in swole with your swole chest on. No, the women be doing it too. It ain't just the fellas. No, it be the ladies too. The gym. Whoo, child, I've been at the gym. And then somebody say, well, what'd you do? I did 15 minutes on the treadmill. <laughs> and you know, about five minutes of weight training. I didn't want to push myself too hard. <laughs> what is all that sweating in? What is it? Okay. And then you do that for three weeks. And then after that, you go Popeyes, Kentucky Fried, Mississippi Fried. Y'all not saying nothing. And then you do all of that. And then as you're doing all of that, and you stop going to the gym, and you're like, I just don't know why it ain't working. <laughs> Think about it. That's what we do. Okay? You used to pray for your spouse, and they were getting better. Then you stopped praying because they got better. Now they get bad. <laughs> and now like, I don't know what's working. You stopped practicing. If you love me, keep. Somebody holler, keep. <laughs> Not do once. Keep it. Practice it over and over and over and over and over again. When you find undisciplined people, you will find unsuccessful people. They're the same. See, a lack of success is connected to a lack of discipline. And any success obtained outside of discipline will be a success that leaves. If you love me, do what? Keep. What's that mean? Practice. Somebody holler practice. Y'all talk to me like an army. Holler, practice. So we should practice what he loves. There's 20 verses in the Bible where it says God loves something, uh, 20 or less. And one of those things Jesus loves, we learned on Sunday, was a cheerful giver. And we talked about giving. And uh, we talked about the importance of giving. Somebody say the importance of giving. 
Now, now, now watch this. Uh, that's an area. I just want to hit it real quick, and then I will move to the scary chapter. Say scary chapter. Because it talks about what happens should you choose not to practice what he says. Oh, it does. Hellfire. <laughs> Hellfire is a joke. Can I just say you can't? Can. All right. Say, say he loves, loves. a cheerful giver. Second Corinthians 9, 6. We looked at this Sunday, so we're just going to hit it real fast and move on to this scary chapter. Second Corinthians 9, 6. Matter of fact, I'm going to have you do the majority of the reading um, since you've been a little quiet on me. One, two, ready, read. Look, look at me. He who what? Sows. What's that mean? Practice. Here's what you did. I sold that one offering at conference last month. Okay, what have you done since? What have you done since? What have you done since? You, listen, you don't just want one harvest. You want daily harvest. Let me tell you something. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I'm sowing. I, I, was, well, I was traveling. This, this guys did such a phenomenal job. And did such a phenomenal job um, serving at this particular restaurant I went to. Such a phenomenal job. I said, son, what do you do? And he was telling me what he wanted to do. I said, oh, that's great. I said, listen, I want to sow something into you. And so I told him what I want to sow into him. I said, I want to sow that into you. I said, call them and tell them what I said. And I'm going to call them right now and tell them you're going to do that. And so he did it. So the next day, I went to the same restaurant because uh, I like that restaurant. <laughs> and so... And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I went to the same restaurant, and I went to the restaurant, and uh, he wasn't serving those of us at the table, but he was over there. And I, I said, son, did you, do, did you send that thing? He said, Bishop, he said, I, I, uh, I, uh, I got off late, something like that. He said, I'm doing it today. He said, but I want to introduce you to my partner. This is South. He said, my partner. So I'm going to introduce you to my partner. And so he, he, so he brings him up, and then he comes. He, you know, he just, Bishop, oh, Bishop, oh, I'm so honored. Bishop, oh, he's all that. He's doing all of that. And, uh, and, and, and so he's telling me about his old thing. And I said, I tell you what, well, uh, I said, since you know him and uh, he brought you to me, I said, the same thing I sold to him, I'm going to give to you too. And, uh, and so I want to give it to both of y'all. I said, because I'm into building men, so I want to build you too. All right? Now, check the point. Check the point. Everywhere I go, I sow. Why? Because I want to harvest everywhere I go. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Every day I'm sowing. So not just my money, but my time, my energy, my everywhere I go, I'm sowing, which is why I don't have to work to make a living. Mm -mm -mm. My giving is how I make my living because I'm a sower. He who what? Sows, which means what? Practices, not just does it once. And that's your neighbor's issue used to be as they do it once. Ooh, I sold one big thousand dollar offering. Listen, but you're asking God to be a millionaire. What's a thousand bucks? How dare you think that a thousand is sufficient when you're asking for a million? How dare you say you want to have a whole farm and you put four watermelon seeds in the ground? Y'all not saying nothing. You put four corn seeds in the ground. I'm just waiting on God to just bring a big harvest. That's the issue many people have. You're trying to reap something you've never sown. Verse 7. So let each one give. I'll read it because I read fast. As he purposes in his heart. Say, I make a decision that winning is giving. And giving is winning, not grudgingly nor of necessity. In other words, God says, I want you to do it because you want to, not just because that's why on Sunday I didn't give you an amount just to see your heart. And then I discovered I got to keep preaching this because our hearts ain't right when I looked at what you gave. Amen, church. Mm -hmm. Verse 8, and God is able to make what? All grace. Somebody shout favor. favor. Abound or turn toward you that you, say your name. 
always having all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. Leave the verse up for just a moment. And God is able to, which means, watch this, he's not going to until he sees seed because he loves a cheerful giver. So I've got to what? Practice what he loves. i got to what? And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Say your name. That you. Say your name. Always. Watch the verse. Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Say always. Always. All things abundance. That verse says, when you make it your practice to be a cheerful giver, you will always have all things in abundance. Which means if there's lack, that means your giving is whack. See how quiet it gets? Because we want to practice, you know, like Jesus is a genie in the bottle. And he comes out, And he comes out and, uh, you know, this, I will grant you three wishes. What is it you want me to do for you? This is not Aladdin. But that's how many Christians act. Like this is Aladdin. He says, just practice what I like and you'll get what you want. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all still here? Verse 10, now may he who supplies seed for the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you of what? The seed you of what? The seed you thought about sowing. Seed you prayed about sowing. Seed you think about sowing. No, he said the seed you what? Sown. Which means I don't get credit for what I thought about. I don't get credit for what I wanted to do. I get credit for what I did. Let's just bring that back for a little bit. Somebody say did. So you got to be the kind of person that's not getting ready to do. But your testimony is, did. So, so, so when somebody says, are you a giver? Did. Somebody says, you the head, not the tail? Did. You above, not beneath? Did. You more than a conqueror? Did. Always overcoming? Did. Never being overcome? More than a conqueror. Not fixing to. Thinking about it. Praying about it. 90% of failure is because of what you wouldn't do. What's this? What's this? So, we talked about giving. He loves a what? Cheerful. He loves a what? He loves a what? He says, I want you to smile and be happy about it, knowing that as you are a cheerful giver, I got you covered. And why is giving so important? Bishop, why out of all the things you could have told us Jesus loves, did you tell us he loves a cheerful giver? Because giving is honor, and honor is God's love language. So if you want to get in good with him, learn to be a great giver, because heaven sees that as honor, and honor is heaven's love language. So, so we talked about the tithe, offering, first fruit, love offering. What's the tithe? Uh, 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 everything. And first gross 10%. But not after Uncle Sam. And that ain't my uncle. My uncle's name is not Sam. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, so, so, so why is this uh, of that? Uh, offering everything you give above the first 10%. Offering is seed. So what's the Apostle Paul talking about in 2 Corinthians 9? He's not talking about tithing. Tithing was a basic thing. He said, it, uh, we get that. Some, somebody said, we get that. He's talking about the offering above that. Then the first fruit, 
first of the increase. We talked about that. And then the love offering. We talked about that specifically, and we looked at those scriptures. So here's the question. Here's the question. You've learned to be a faithful giver. Any faithful givers in the house? Just make a little noise. Make a little noise. Now, now, let's just think about this. What happens if he tells us what we do love? What happens if we practice what he doesn't love after we know not to? What happens when we practice what God's word, when we don't practice what God's word says after we know? Here's the scary chapter. You ready? Galatians 5, 19. It gets scary right through here. Galatians 5, 19. Galatians 5, 19. Somebody say, it's scary through here. Now, I, I want you to see this. I, I, I need to get this. Because tonight, my, my endeavor in this Wednesday Night Live is, is to get something to break in you. So something can break through for you. Say it again. It's to get something to break in you so something can break through for you. Say, tonight's agenda is for something to break in me so something can break through for me. Now, now, anybody need some breakthrough? Need some airs in your life? Okay. All right. All right. In case you don't know what breakthrough is, breakthrough is like, I can see what I want to have happen. I just have no clue how it is going to happen. I know the what. I don't know the how. Sometimes breakthrough is I don't even know the what. I just know something needs to happen. Anybody, you got some situations like that? You're like, I don't even really know what needs to happen. I just know something needs to happen. What's this? What's this? Galatians 5.19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. When we see flesh, it means you. Okay, it means the old nature of Adam in you. That's why Jesus is called the second Adam. He says, now the works of the flesh are what? Evident. You can see them. What are they? What was, uh, what was that? Adultery. Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Verse 20. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mama. Read it. Keep reading it. Yes. Next verse. Uh-huh. 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 Read the Bible. Uh-huh. Practice. Look at me. God says, I didn't have an issue with your mistake. But you're choosing to make this your practice. You ain't trying to practice what I like. You're practicing what you like. Now, now let's, let's just call the, call the roll. In old, old school church, they had readers. In uh, old school Bible college, I used to have a reader too. <laughs> We ain't going to do it tonight, but one day. Galatians 5, 19. Now, the works of the old, say your name. This is the unevolved you. And this is what the unevolved person practices. Adultery. It's breaking your covenants. Most often when we think of adultery, we think of uh, infidelity in a marriage. That's one level of adultery. But adultery generically means to break your covenant, which means you're an adulterer when you commit to do something well and don't. Fornication. That's sex before. 
And not just the ring, paperwork. Because they can go get you a ring pop. Talking about we're in the spirit. No, we ain't got no paperwork. <laughs> What's the next one? Uncleanness. Nasty! That's an old, old church that used to say, cleanliness is, well, it doesn't say that. But it so says uncleanness is not appropriate. <laughs> okay, now, now what, does, what does that, what does that, what does that, I, I don't really have time to get into that in great depth. But the concept was, was that you were, you were unconcerned about the cleanliness of something. You were unconcerned about how something presented itself. It, 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 it's quiet. It, it's quiet in here. All right. All right. All right. Watch this. Uh, watch this next one. Uh, lewdness. That means lasciviousness. Somebody would be like, Bishop, what does that mean? <laughs> Salacious. Mm -hmm. It means you're lustful in an offensive way. Thirsty. I could stay right there. Just thirsty. And so because you couldn't get him or her, now you don't want them to have nobody. And so just thirsty. Hello wasn't enough. You said hello with slides. Verse 20, idolatry. An idol is anything that you, that you worship. So you could be an idolater. It, your job could be your idol. It's anything that gets worshipped before God. It's an idol. How do I know I get worshipped before God? Because I wanted to please it before I wanted to please God. So it's an idol. Some of your children are idols. Okay? Because your kids, oh, you, get, uh, you know, Bobby's got a tummy ache. So I can come to church. Okay, well, you worship Bobby. Y'all ain't talking. Well, Bishop God understands. He understands you're an idolater. Yes, he does. Okay? Why y'all getting quiet in here? What's the flavor? Sorcery. Now, I know sorcery. Sorcery. Now, I got to see if I open this up. I'm already out of time. I'm already out of time. Uh, now, sorcery deals generically... Um, Let me just make it simple. Any substance, any substance, the original Greek word here is connected to the word pharmacia, which means substances. It is any substance that alters your natural mind. It means you're practicing black magic. That's, that's what it means. So, so you call it a little Hennessy. The Bible calls it sorcery. Because you, oh, it got quiet in church. I, I ain't trying to beat nobody up. I ain't trying to beat nobody up. Just they would say, Bishop ain't beat nobody up. I ain't been. But you knew why you drank it in the first place. You wasn't drinking it because you liked the taste. You were drinking it because you wanted to escape reality. 
And instead of, I want to preach and set somebody free tonight. Instead of trying to escape reality, what you need to do is say, no, I don't have time to practice sorcery. I need to deal with my issues, deal with my problems, deal with my drama. Because if I keep trying to escape it, it's still going to be there when I come up off my high, come up off my drunk. I just need a cooler to take the edge off. What makes it sorcery? Your motive. Let me leave it out alone. I ain't beating nobody up. But just think about it. Why would you take a depressant to get happy? Let me take something that is clinically called a depressant. Come on, medical people. I am a doctor. Not that type, but I am a doctor. Okay? All right, watch this. Let's move. Hatred. Contentions. You know, it's easy to hate folk. Especially today. Because folk be trying out for hate parts. <laughs> like, <laughs> they do crazy stuff too. Do you hate me yet? <laughs> I mean, don't they be doing it? Y'all not talking about the real people. Like, you got folk and you like be trying out for hate parts. They try to do everything they can. You're like, the moment I give you a second chance, the moment I give you another shot, the moment I give, you trying out for hate part. You want me to hate you. I know you do. Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. I just had a moment. Selfish ambitions. You, you know, we could get a lot of stuff done in church if everybody had the same motive. You get a lot of stuff done in your life if everybody around you had the same motives. The reason simple stuff becomes hard is because people don't have the same motive. Dissensions. Now, I want to spend a little time there. Can I spend a little time? Because uh, I'm close. And I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> you know what dissensions means? Watch this. It means a click with out of order people. <laughs> dissension is they out of order, they out of order, so they hook up to have an out of order click. It happens, it happens on your job. Have you ever noticed all of the poor performers hang out? And they talk about the good performers? And they're in there sitting in the break room, you walk in. <laughs> you, you need to look over and say, you got something to say? Say it to me. You need to stop giving that stuff power by letting them do it. What you need to do is say, is there a problem? Because if it's something y'all done started, I'd be happy to finish it. Bet you won't have that problem again. Uh, in the movie, uh, there was an actor that uh, passed away today. He's an actor in uh, 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 Lean On Me, several other movies, but Lean On Me. And he played the superintendent of the schools to Mr. Clark. You ever seen Lean On Me? He, he passed away today. See, that's, that's why, watch this, side note, side note, side note. That, that's why there's no time for you to be holding grudges. And, and because, because cause tomorrow is not promised. So matter of fact, some of you tonight, you just need to just you just need to let some folk go and say, you know, lean on me. Some. That girl, when she started singing, I said, where's the young man at that singing the song? Her voice was so deep. <laughs> Mr. Clark, you know what Mr. Clark said? Mr. Clark said, Mr. Clark said, uh, uh, he said, sir, they're gonna say this and this and this. I said, I bet he said, I bet they're saying it out there. 
I said, I bet they ain't came in here and said it. You need to sometimes shut that stuff down. Uh, dissensions, clicks without an order people, heresies, that's when you do the church wrong. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. You know what revelries means? Turn it up in a non-Christian way. Getting lit in a non-Christian way. All that. Do you know that? Do you know that the Bible says that that is a reflection of an unevolved person? They are trying to get attention from a group of people that they never got from their daddy. They never got from their mother. So it's a it's a it's a it's a very unique way to fulfill the desire for attention. Let me be the life of the party. So that all these people who really aren't for me, because they all practice in sorcery right now. <laughs> you know how they do the, uh. <laughs> Here it is, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Notice he just says, and anything like that stuff. I want you to read it. Of, read the Bible. Look at me. Notice what he did not say. He did not directly say they're going to hell. He said, but they'll never have kingdom. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Bishop, what are you trying to say? He did not say that these actions would directly lead to going to hell. What he did say is they will never get the kingdom. What's the kingdom? Heaven's attributes on earth. What's the kingdom? God's MO. What's the kingdom? Who God says you can be, what God says you can have. What's the kingdom? Heaven on earth. What's the kingdom? Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All, so he says, if you practice this, something will always be missing. Something will always be lacking. Nothing will be well. You will never be whole if you choose to practice this. He says, but if you choose to practice what I want. So look at the next verse. He says, but the fruit. Come on, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, say it with me. Uh-huh. 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 Say it. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Now, look. He says, he says, if you don't have those things, if you, let's just go back real quick. Let's go back to verse 21. We're done. Y'all getting it? Verse 21. Or excuse me, 22. Me apologio. That close? No. No. You need to read your Bible. It's in there. Yes, he said it's Southern Spanish. That is, that's Southern Spanish. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. He says you will lack love when you practice those things. You'll lack joy when you practice that. You'll lack peace. Shalom when you practice that. Long-suffering, that's patience. You'll lack patience when you practice that. You're impatient because you turn up. In a non-Christian way. Kindness, 
you're mean, I'm going to leave. There's something that rhymes with that. I'm going to leave it alone. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hold on. Let's go back to faithfulness, though. Here it is. Y'all ready to close? I said, y'all ready to close? Somebody say gentleness. Check it out. So here it is. Remember the children of Israel, what their issue was? He says they were not what? Faithful. Well, now we have a connection. You can't have faithfulness when you're choosing to practice what you want to practice, not what he tells you to practice. So the reason they couldn't be faithful, check the cycle. They couldn't be faithful because they wouldn't practice what he said to practice. So because they wouldn't practice what he said to practice, they never really loved him because they didn't do what he said. So watch the circle. They don't obey. They practice their own thing. Their life goes in bad circles, bad cycles. They don't obey. They go through the same stuff. It's one thing when you're in your 20s. It's one thing when you're in your 30s. It's one thing when you're in your 40s. One thing when you're in your 50s. It's another thing when you're in your 60s. Another thing when you're in your 70s. It's another thing when the clock runs out and you never broke the cycle. But are you? Here it is. Let me get to my assignment. But you, that cycle has got to end, and it's got to end. Somebody holler right now. Everybody stand on your feet with me. Lay your hands on yourself, and we're done tonight. We're done. You learned something nice? Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.